Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Howdy, everybody. Uh, This is Danny Rocket. Thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show. Uh, It's coming to you a little bit late uh, this time. Well, A, because you're not a Patreon subscriber. Those people heard it way back on January 27th. It is now February 8th when I am finally recording the um, regular version of the show. So if you want to receive the Sunranto show in a timely manner, please go to patreon.com slash Sunranto. And there, for as little as $1 a month, which is basically the equivalent of buying one of us a beer a year who do this show for you, well... um well, that's how you do it. If you want to buy each one of us a beer, that's $3. If you want to buy us a beer and a hot dog, that's $5. So that's how that works. Uh, please go there. Uh, and instead, you're going to have to listen to a commercial from my bookie, which is our sponsor. Now, uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, for me, it's way more exciting when you put your money on a game as opposed to not putting your money on the game because then you got skin in the game. Now, if you got a gut feeling or you just, eh, you know what's going to happen, might as well put money and win money. You know what I mean? And if you're going to do that, go to mybookie.ag. Uh, this is good for you, whether you've been betting for years or if you're just ready to play for the very first time. So if uh, you want to bet a little, win a lot, try a parlay. Uh, you know, pick a couple big favorites in the week, and then you make multiple bets for a much bigger payout. Eh, that's a little advanced for my my tastes, but uh, hey, if you know what you're doing, go ahead. Uh, if you're gonna bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win. And if you really want to support the Cubs this season, don't just sit on the sideline. Get in the game and lose your money. With, I mean, win money with mybookie.ag as the Cubs win and win and win, unless you bet against the Cubs, in which case you probably win more. Uh, join right now. MyBookie's going to double your first deposit. Use the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R. It activates the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. You double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and then you get paid. Now here's the Sunranto show, you freeloader. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunranto. Michael Cotton. Sunranto. Michael Cotton. Sunranto and the lovable Lucy. Mucho Scali. Sunranto. Michael. Sunrento, Cotton, Sunrento, and the love of Michael Cotton, Sunrento, Mucho's Golly, Sunrento, Golly. You know, we need a new theme song, because Crawley's not in the original one. So I do. I love when he voice cracks. <laughs> but 
Hey, uh, welcome to another off-season edition of the Sunranto Show. It is January 26th, 2020. And uh, I'm sitting here on a Sunday night uh, with my friends Crawley and Michael. I'm Danny Rocket. And, um, hey, nothing really happened in the Cubs world. No, it's not true. Not ding, true. Ding, 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 ding. We got a major leaguer. It was sorry. It was just force of habit. Nothing's really happening in the cup, you know. Definitely. Oh wait, no, that's right. Uh, we actually did something kind of. So we'll talk about that on this show. But um, how, how you guys doing? Well, we'll start there. It's the off season. We don't need. There's really not that much Cubs news. I mean, there's one guy. <laughs> but uh, Michael, you're snowboarding all day today. Yeah, yeah. I took my kids out snowboarding, and Hitting now I'm like suffering through all the cramping leg muscles and stuff. So, uh, driving back, my my leg cramped up so that I couldn't use it, so I had to drive with my left oh, foot. Oh, dude, that's happened to me before <laughs> when you're like, foot's just this gnarled, like, like <laughs> yeah. you know, it looks like a, it looks like one of those old, like, you know, trees in Wizard of Oz that throws apples at you. It's like, it's, it's so bad, but... Oh man! So you were snowboarding, so and so you were up in the mountains. So you were literally, <laughs> yeah, dude, high, high up in the Rockies. Those are the Rockies, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they still, they still, they, they still got those, right? Yeah, I mean, you do know that there's a baseball team called the Rockies. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't know how far away you went. You might have gone to Utah. <laughs> today i don't know where things are in those square uh, states as far as i, I know you're I like fly around wherever i want to go yeah all i know is it's far to get to denver from the airport that's all i know about your state it really is it's a long way well yeah denver's just so small everywhere is yeah i mean you get there quick but Everything's way out from the city yeah, part every, of it. Everything's far away out there. So, and also on the show. Creepy crawlies hiding under rocks and, and creepy crawlies living in a tree. How you doing? I also uh, was, it's not mountains, but in the hills of Wisconsin doing some snow skiing. Really? So you were yeah, high was, crawly. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Crawley. I was over at uh, Cascade Mountain and uh, went to go get, a, you know, two tree beers. And uh, it was really nice because they had this whole, like, World Series display. I put it on my Twitter where they just had this whole, like, wall right by the bar with, like, beautiful World Series stuff. And it reminded me it wasn't that long ago that the Cubs did indeed win the World Series. Yeah, it was a bit ago. I'm starting Wait. to feel like when I see pictures of myself in 2016 out at the games, I'm like, I look younger, <laughs> you know, like I'm starting to see a few more wrinkles since then. You know, these Cubs are aging me. So, well, you guys are both out of hitting the slopes. Um, well, yeah. I went and picked up my guitar from the guitar store and picked up my computer from the theater. And uh, yeah, I did not. I did not get. Um, but I did do it high. So I, I was, <laughs> right. so, so all three of us were high. Yeah. So I, so good. That's a good start of this show. We, we should uh, all be in a, a decent mood. I mean, except for everybody's sad out there tonight because of Kobe Bryant dying in that horrible helicopter crash. But I, I really don't want to start with that. And I don't really have much to say about it. Um, you know, I don't know. Were you guys ba- are you guys basketball fans? No, I really stopped watching once Jordan retired. I'm mostly ba- like baseball. Every everything else is my off season. 
Yeah, that's what yeah. I, that's how I feel about it too. But um, still, it's very sad when, when uh, especially his kid. You know, that's pretty sad. Right? I, yeah, I, I was more saddened by you know a young child going. It's like, I mean, granted, Kobe Bryant wasn't old, but he kind of had a pretty good, pretty amazing life. Like when you kick off at that point, you know, people aren't like, ah, oh, we didn't even know who he was. You know, Michael, I had the, I had the similar thought before we went on the air and then I was like, you know what? I really don't want to say that because it seems insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, all right, well, I'll let Michael say it. And everybody yell at him. But, yeah. uh, all, all of us, though, are roughly the same age. And I think for those of us that aren't big basketball fans, we were of the Jordan era. Yeah. And, we, and, we were. I mean, but everybody knew Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah. I just I just wasn't somebody that I, like, lived and died watching. Like, I watched all those Bulls games from when Jordan – from 84 until, what, 96? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was. But people are sad, and we should be here to cheer them up. I was kind of surprised how sad people were, you know. And I, I, I know when a celebrity dies, there's always an outpouring. But this seemed very shocking to a lot of people, you know, like more than other celebrity deaths. So I think <sighs> there's going to be a lot of sad people out there. So hey, let's make them happy. I'll tell you who is making people happy. And uh, making me very happy is watching Matt Cameron launch this offseason and some of his new yeah. art, the the maps series that he's doing. He did one of Schwarber with like the Chicago Fire Map uh, uh, on like well Schwarber superimposed over the Chicago Fire Map, um, and also he's got a he's working on a Javi. And which which one did you tell me about today, Crawley? I was telling you, Javi Baez, Matt, um, for those that aren't following, he does his Twitter at Matt Makes a Thing. He changed it. used to be Skinny Bastard. I Yo, usually remember Matt, that Matt one. Matt Made a Thing. Matt Made a Thing. I, at Matt Made a Thing. I apologize. And, uh, yeah, he's doing a Javi Baez superimposed over the island of Puerto Rico next. Oh, yeah. So it's fun to watch him work, man. I've, I've met Matt years ago at, at Cubs convention. He was one of those people that would just kind of be – you just hang out and meet a lot of people there. And he told me he was a tattoo artist, and so I let him kind of just start writing all over, drawing all over my uh, cooler. And so I got some really cool Matt artwork on my cooler that I always bring with me. Yeah, now that cooler is going to be worth money. Yeah, and in fact, I, I'm a collector of Matt. I've got an original Wilson Contreras superimposed over the flag of Venezuela. I've got uh, El Mago, his El Mago. He did the John, the John Baker. I, I know some of you guys that listen to the show have it too. Um, dick bump, which, uh, you know, that's Rossi and Hayward. So now that becomes relevant again. So I would love to get, uh, it, how hard is it to get, um, Ross and, uh, Hayward's autograph? Crawley, you're Ross, the expert. I don't know. I don't know Ross because as a manager, as a player, he, he was accessible. Um, he was a backup catcher, you know, so he would easily be taking these, uh, side gigs. Okay. But when Hayward? you talk about Hayward, Hayward's more difficult. Yeah, he seems that like he, you might you have to show up at the fancy event, and even at, and at the fancy event, that's awkward. You know what I mean? Because you're Hayward's one to- of those guys. Yeah, Hayward's one of those guys that likes to do the private signings, where he doesn't have to actually interact with you. So you give money to somebody like I, I think he was going for like one hundred and fifty dollars last time he came around. Huh, so what? for like one hundred and fifty dollars, you give it to this guy, and then he'll sign it. So, so he'll sign my. But can I be there while he signs the dick bump uh, poster? Nope, you cannot ah, be there. Nope, it's private. No, uh, oh, not not private like just me and him. Okay, I got you. It's private like maybe yeah. it's his signature and maybe it's like 
you know, his kids. <laughs> He's like, as long as, as long as you're going through a reputable person, you know, somebody like I just wouldn't hand stuff off to somebody. You got to know that this person, you know, deals with it. And a lot of times they'll take pictures afterwards with the people to show it's legit and stuff. So. Well, I think Matt Kammer is about to blow up, and I'm I'm excited for him, and I'm excited for all his new pieces. So please check it out. I just want to make that as a, you know, kind of our opening announcement. At Matt made a thing. He's uh, he's on Twitter. He's trying to get new followers. So retweet his stuff. Help him out. And uh, hey, let, let's get it going. I, I, he also I think talked about um, maybe getting some kind of deal with Tops. Yeah, he said that he uh, he had been a or contacted by you know another one of the artists about joining the lineup i think is what i what it said and then so i think he has to like put in some stuff i don't know he didn't really go much into it after that but it sounds like he's being noticed by by tops and and uh might have some artwork on some baseball cards soon yeah we'll buy his uh shit now because if he if that dude blows up I mean, you you could make millions, and he wouldn't have made shit. <laughs> and that's how no. art works. That's how art works. So, yep. No, I really do hope uh, you know something comes of this tops thing. It'd be really cool to see him, uh, you know, getting out there nationally. Yeah, I mean, I just love baseball art. Oh, uh, you know, all, almost all around. You know, it's such a beautiful sport. I love taking photographs of it. I love, you know, Matt's creative. You know, because you see, you know, Crawley, you and I go to a lot of these events, and there's artists. Uh, you know, and I like a lot, a ton of artists' work. I mean, you could probably rattle off a bunch. Austin Plock and um, yeah, it does the murals, and John Baker is a curator of art. Joe Madden, of course. But you know, the thing that I'd really dig about Matt's art is that he. Oh, there's always another element that that you know adds depth to the piece like these maps like i think that's so cool he did the ben zobrist he just gave a one away on twitter so it's just i love the fact that like the cubs in i mean they inspire me to make music they inspire matt to you know apply his craft and i i just think it's awesome so well, like you said danny we we're privileged to be around this area and, and you know we get to kind of you see a lot of the people whether it's at club 400 or just different events and it's honestly one of the most enjoyable things is to see the creativity whether it's you with your music uh you and i have kind of uh john uh, benedict we we've talked about earlier you know doing some music uh matt has done some great stuff uh austin like you mentioned barred up who does a lot of the bars oh, yeah, at, barred up, yeah. Um, a lot of the, people uh, woodworking and and uh, those cub signs and you know a lot of just inspired stuff, and we're lucky because I'm sorry, I really don't think that the Mariners have this. No, so I'm I feel I feel lucky. I mean, there probably is some Mariner inspired art out there. Uh, I'd love to see it. Ours is better, and we're <laughs> lucky. Um, so all right, let's get in a little cub shit. Uh, you know, a lot of people talking about the KB service time thing because for the most part, everybody's thinking that everything's kind of held up based on that, like whether it be a hobby extension or, you know, trade him to somebody, it, you know, and it seems like the Braves are probably out of that equation because they picked up Marcelo Zuna. And um, so he's going to be their middle of the lineup bat. So I don't know that doesn't look like and the Braves were like the kind of the front runners that were rumored for that um Dodgers were tossing there were some teams but you know Nationals need a third baseman but you know I feel like the whole thing is held up and um 
you know, I, I have a conspiracy here. And it's not really a conspiracy because it's not like – well, it kind of is because, you know, given the service time thing, they obviously conspired because if – they conspired to keep him down for 10 extra days so that they can get an extra year. Everybody knows that's what they did. You know, the Mike Holt injury, blah, blah, blah. No fucking way. That's exactly what happened. But they were within their rights to do it because of the rules. You know, they, they could hold him down. But, you know, let's not fool ourselves into thinking that KB did not play his way onto the team with nine home runs in spring training. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, come he, on. That, yeah, that was that whole spring training. He was just destroying the ball. And everybody was like, how in the hell is he not on? Oh, his defense isn't very good. Yeah, my ass. My <laughs> ass. If I'm sorry, but if that third party, it would really fuck over the Cubs. But if, if that third party arbiter says no no the cubs they're in their rights they they were fine they didn't manipulate it you know it it, it it's all above the board it, you know I, I don't know what rules they're trying to you know look at and you know if they can kb side can prove that there were decisions to keep him off the team for the i don't know like what kind of burden of proof and where it lies but i'm sorry but like if i were that guy if i was the arbiter i'd be like yeah cubs you did that you know kb you win you know what I mean? Like if I had no dog in the fight. Now, right. Obviously- the, the trouble when you start doing that with arbitrators, uh, arbiters, and that's why they don't like doing it, is now all of a sudden you open up a whole different can of worms where oh, you yeah. have a lot of guys that could say, okay, what about me? Or you could potentially have a, other contracts would be invalidated. It could completely throw things off. The arbitrator wants a, wants the t- two sides to come to an agreement, which they're not going to. Eventually they're going to rule in the Cubs' favor, which, again, we all know – Really, Chris Bryant did play his way on the team, but they are within their rights to say who they want as far as that roster is concerned. And this is going to be something that's going to be open for the next CBA. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's a position. But the thing, right. Yeah. But the real thing is, I mean, the guy, the arbiter knows he's going to, you know, uh, rule in favor of the Cubs. Right. So does he? I mean, he, I think there's so a he just small put it off ch- for the last uh, five years. So that he can just screw the Cubs right now by not saying anything about it, right? So not the, so not bringing the, a verdict. So the Cubs' punishment is to not be able to do anything right now because they don't know what's going to happen. Oh, and, that's exactly. I, I think that's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, the purpose. You know, it's like, oh well, the Cubs are going to win this. You know, but we can help the union out doing this too. Well, can I tell? I you, I think Mike- the union's been asking for it. Like just. Drag it out longer and longer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep it in the news. Keep it in the news. You know why? Why not? You know, have us all talking about it, be like, why would they rule? Now nobody else cares, right? <laughs> I mean, the ball players care, but not nobody else but Cub fans care. It's not like this. It's this. Maybe it is a bigger MLB story. I'm not sure, but um, but I do have a bit of a revisionist history Cubspiracy here, and that is, what if? All right, so. KB misses the 10 days, comes up for the first game on 4-17, April 17th, okay? The Cubs at that point had three losses. They lost the division by three games, okay? Now imagine they take the division, Cardinals play the Pirates, winner of that, then we beat them just like we did in 2015, but you're set up, you got Arietta for that other game, you get to the Mets. You 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 have home field advantage, and then you win the World Series. You beat the Royals, and you win the World Series two years in a row. And it's all because they held KB down. <laughs> for, 
I, I, I love it. It's the reach. I mean, they would, and one of those games was against the Cardinals. So I, I'm not good at math, but you know, it's possible that that would count as like two. <laughs> like you're still going to take it with like, with, like as long as you beat the Cardinals. I, um, yeah, I remember that it was a th- three to nothing. Uh, Cardinals shut us out. It was a shit ass game. It was cold. <laughs> I was in the upper deck. And there's no guarantee they win it, even if he's there. It's it's uh you know it's it's the the Cubs did it exactly the right way, no different than anybody else. When you're talking about whether it's Louis Robert from the White Sox or whether you're talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. or any of these kids, for the most part, they, that extra year of control is huge. Yeah. Well, didn't they just sign Robert to like? Uh, didn't they extend him? I think that I saw so, – or is that somebody else? I don't know. I don't follow the White Sox. This is not a White Sox podcast, damn it. So, <laughs> or a Blue Jays or – Yeah, so anyway, it's all being held up. I really don't – I think KB's on this team day one. What do you think? Yeah, I've, 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 I've thought that the whole time. I think if they're going to make a move, it's going to be more towards the trade deadline depending on how this team does. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's definitely on the team starting day one. I don't know. I mean – Unless unless something's already in the works, unless somebody's already given them some sort of guarantee on this as soon as the ruling comes down, <laughs> then it could happen quicker than before the you know, you know, I, I can I'm going to predict you, for you right now when this ruling is going to happen. Ten days into the season. <laughs> That would be hilarious. On April, or no, maybe they'll wait till like April 17th. And just like, <laughs> like, all right, April 17th will rule. And then they'll be like, one more year, assholes. <laughs> and they'll be like, fuck! <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, Theo will kick a hole in the wall that day. Um, Well, there is some, uh, well, that's kind of bad news because we have no news on that. Um, and I, and I think as the offseason goes on, you know, like Nick Castellanos, like that's one of the things. You know, now it looks like he might be a red. Ugh. Wait, it, isn't everybody linked to the Reds? Everybody's and, going to the Reds, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they got the money to spend, so it's not like totally unbelievable that it could happen. Especially when they see that the Cubs have no bullpen. Why wouldn't you fucking build a team that could win the Central? Yeah, and know? the Cardinals haven't done a fucking thing. They're looking terrible. The Brewers haven't really done anything. Well, Brewers signed a few people, but they lost some people too. It's so, all it's all mediocre, yeah. Yeah, it's, if I yeah, if I were the Reds, nobody and, made a splash except the Reds. You know, I've been, I've been saying it the whole time. I, I watched the Reds last year, and their pitching was much better. They've always been a really good hitting team. They've always kind of they've struggled recently with the, with the pitching and the, and the bullpen. Bullpen looked solid last year. I think the pitching is going to be better this year, and I think that lineup is going to be deep. I, I to me. There, if I'm if I'm a gambling man, I'm putting money down on the Reds. Yeah, I mean, ah, uh, you're all sleeping on the Pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think everybody's gonna sleep on the Pirates <laughs> this year. Um, but but uh, anyway, uh, you know, if you look at like let's say they do, you know, Cubs want to trade Bryant, pick up the Castellanos, you know, maybe you know, I don't that doesn't make sense to me because you know you're shifting your outfield all around and what are you going to do with everybody? I think it's part of a larger like group of moves that have to be made. Like, you know, KB has got to be the domino that falls for all this other shit to work to get Castellanos or something. But you know what I'm saying is as the off season goes on, these guys are picking up teams, you know, like the Cubs might've inquired, but they're like, wait, could you just hold on until we get this ruling? I swear next week, next week, the ruling's coming. Just wait a week. And then, I'm good for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm good for it. I'm good. For, I'm glad you gladly pay you Tuesday for our hamburger today. 
So uh, there's an ancient reference, right? <laughs> right. It's like that's that's like old Popeye. That's not even Robin Williams Popeye. No, no, it's and it's super old Popeye, and it's the fourth most recognizable character. <laughs> yeah, Wimp- Wimpy. No, is it? Yeah, I, right. But yeah. like, you got Popeye, olive oil, and Bluto, right? Yep. Wimpy was number four. Was like you went ABC? four deep into that roster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking deep cut. Um. So anyway, as the offseason, uh, you know, carries uh, on, you know, these guys are getting picked up and then it's going to be too late to trade KP and it's going to be a trade deadline thing. And you're over the luxury tax still Um, as until, we speak. Until they get rid of him. Yeah. Or somebody of a lesser value, like, you know. Or, or more. I mean, if you can get rid of Hayward's contract, then Godspeed, you know. Oh, geez. But yeah. you know, but nobody's holding their breath on that one. And he's got no trade. So, right. uh, there's a lot of there's so many things that happen. The Cubs are fucked. <laughs> but, <laughs> but can we let's talk about some positive shit? Because every, everybody's sad today. So uh, the Cubs, and this hasn't happened in a while. Four prospects in the MLB top 100. I mean, they're not high up there. You know, I mean, the top one we got is 51, which is Nico Horner, who might be the starting second baseman this year and possibly the leadoff hitter. (laughs) That's what people are saying. (laughs) Uh, Or or back at Iowa. Like, anyway, uh, Horner, congratulations. I mean, I like what I see out of this guy. You know, he seems like a ball player's ball player in many respects. Um, You know, writing's. It, it, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, what was what's your impressions of Nico Horner? It's it's hard to make on a small sample size. You know, the thing that uh, the thing you take a look at is is that a lot of these guys come up, they have a little bit of success, and the league figures you out. So I don't know if the league has figured Nico out yet, or and if Nico can make the counter adjustments to what the league does to him. But he looks like a good player. It, it, I just I get really nervous with people like, yeah, lead him off and play him center field. I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. We maybe. Can we bat him eighth and maybe have him play second and not put all this on him? Yeah, and that's always the better move. And so when I hear him banding it about as like a possible leadoff hitter candidate, I was like, now this guy, you know, in the minors, and, you know, he had a 344 OBP in Tennessee. He was great in the Arizona Rookie League uh, at a 429 OBP. So, I mean, he'll take that at the leadoff spot, but that's only, what, 20 at bats. 344 OBP, you'll take that, you know, That's but that's double A. So it's just like, you know, in in Chicago, it you know, it wasn't that. He was, uh, let's see, what, 305, you know, so it's just like, you know, you, know, you got to hide that guy. You know, you got to hide him. You know, people sometimes would get mad at Madden and, you know, why don't they play out more every day? And then all of a sudden you start playing him every day and you see why you don't play him every day. So a lot of times they do kind of try to find these guys areas where they're going to start off with some success. And I'm sure, like I said, with Nico, he had to kind of come in because of the injury to Russell. Got a hit by pitch. He was in the concussion protocol. Um, but with Nico, you know, you want to, you want to, like I said, I just want to just, if he's your savior for the team, that that's putting a lot on a kid. I, I don't, it makes me a little nervous. Well, oh, say, I don't think anybody thinks he's a savior. It's just a serviceable second baseman. Like I would take a, like, remember Joe Panic's rookie year for the Giants and he was just like a solid second baseman and contributed in big moments you know like and then fell off but like I will, I'll take a year like that out of Nico Horner any day you know yeah 
I mean, I, that was the things that we were talking about months ago when we were talking about things that the Cubs should be looking for. Is it, it was always second base and center field. Well, they didn't do anything. So, it's so why not? You know, why not give Nico Horner his shot? You know, or or a platoon with him and Bodie. Like I've heard Bodie bandied about a lot about you know as a second baseman. They've hardly used him at second base. You know, yeah, so well, they've had to use him at third because of the injuries to KB, you know. Right. So Right, but then they didn't it's not like they then worked him over to get a few starts at second or something like that. Has he played second? No, don't forget Hap is a second baseman too. You know, I mean, you know, you could use a lot of guys at second, you know. Um you, you kind of it, but it's like that thing of like, well, if you have five and Descalzo too, if you have four second <laughs> basemen, you have no second baseman. <laughs> right, you have no second baseman. That is correct. Yeah, I don't know. So, but it's interesting. Like you say, there's there's so many other options. He doesn't necessarily need to come up right now unless David Ross really sees something and wants to and thinks he's going well, to do what's something exciting, special. What's exciting is that he's going to have the opportunity to play his way onto this team in, in spring training. And I remember in years past when we did our preview episodes, we were at this part of the year, we're like looking for a spring training. We're like, Oh, everything's set. Everybody's on the team. There's no room on this team for anybody new, you know, and this year is going to be very different. And uh, Nico Horner can definitely end up not in Iowa, you know, unless they're going to manipulate his service time. Which I, I was just going to say, like he to might do. come up 10, 10 days later, 10 days later, the day the Chris Bryant verdict comes down. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm excited for him. Here's what I want to point out about Nico, just eyeball test. And I'm going to see if you feel this way. The game did not look too big for him. Like, he didn't look overmatched. Nope, he didn't. And the, the thing that you're looking for, though, is was that because of the right matchups and, and, and how they played him and how they used him. So I, I'm not saying Nico can't, can't play at the major league level. I'm just saying, like I said, if I see people saying lead him off, I'm, I'm going to say pump oh, the brakes yeah. on that one. If that happens, I think we'll all be mad. I mean, the three of us. Really? I, I, I wouldn't. I don't care who's going to play fucking uh, put anybody up there because in just there's your leadoff guy. Well, that's the only reason fucking with this for like four years. I know. Well, that's the that's the only reason why they're banding it about is because there's nobody else. So, yeah, I, yeah, there's nobody else. And so it's possible he could do it. Hap, and I, I mean, like obviously, if he sucks at it, pull him out of there and but, like but you say, you put him in eighth is, or something. What you worry about is screwing up his development. Yeah, that, that, that's too many that's ABs. The, that's the curate there. Too many abs. Let him sit on the bench and get get the game going. I, you know, I talked to David DeJesus about this last year in the green room, and he said because we talked about the leadoff hitter a lot because we we haven't had one for forever since Dexter Fowler. So uh, he David DeJesus was a leadoff hitter, you know, oftentimes and hearing him describe how it is different because we were asking how is it different like why are these guys failing you let off a lot what what why did you have success and other people can't he's like because it's really weird he's like when the game starts it's you like you start the game (laughs) you know like you know starting pitchers probably feel this way but they're used to it you know you know i don't know maybe it's different for the hitter um so, I don't know. He just said it's just weird. A lot of guys fail in that moment because they're like, you know, they got to, like, let the game kind of start first and then they want to bat, you know. Well, and so it's just it's maybe psychological. 
there is a there's a big psychological component, and you saw how it affected Hay- Hayward negatively. You saw how it affected Schwarber negatively. All of them. I mean, they just it, there there is a it's a it's a difficult thing that they have not been able to figure out, and and there's a lot to it. Like, okay, you know, are you going to sit there and come up swinging? And if that's the case, to the guys behind you see pitches. And if all of a sudden you don't swing and they start throwing them right down the middle and maybe you let one or two go by and now you're behind in the count, there's a lot, a lot to that. And the reason, well, you it, know, maybe Sousa can lead off. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to Sousa. We'll just, we'll yeah. just live with Sousa up there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine a John Phillips Sousa march just kicking in off the game? Let's go. Oh, God, if that's his walk-up music, uh, I would love it. Maybe <laughs> so good. Actually, it should not even be horns. It should just be me doing that in a microphone. <laughs> um, so, um, all right, next guy. Uh, the uh, I'm excited about this guy, and it's been a while since the Cubs developed a pitcher. Braylon Marquez, I'm excited about. He had the injuries, uh, but man, he, he's a lefty. He throws a hundred and fucking two. Um, he's not ready, probably. I think we might see him if anyone gets hurt. Will he be the first pitch lab product? Well, I suppose he's been going to pitch lab, so I mean. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the Wick brothers. They're not brothers, but you know, the yeah, Wicks. I know. Yeah, I think he was waiting for the drop to play. The drop to play. I was. I was trying oh. to set up. The <laughs> oh, drop. oh, oh! I'm sorry. I'm so- you know what? Oh god, I'm an idiot. Welcome to Pitch Lab. <laughs> sorry. All right, and and while we're at it, oh, Nico oh, yeah, Horner, we can do the Horner drop. Yeah. Welcome right, back to, to Pitch Lab. Pitch lab. I mean, there's a lot. I just, of, I, it's all I about heard Michael. Lab. Just do that perfect pause, waiting for it. He just kind of grooved it down the middle. I was waiting for it. Yeah, I, I was waiting well, for you to say something. What's fucked up is it. You know, I'm kind of high, and like when he didn't hit it, I was like, "Ooh, maybe I didn't just say that." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Am I on a podcast right now, man?" So yeah. Anyway, I am excited about him. He comes in at number sixty-eight on the list. Which was almost so nice. Um, but no, this guy throws really hard, and I know that we don't live in Tennessee, um, so we don't get to see him. And, you know, but I mean, I'm really high on this kid, man. I mean, because you got to be hopeful. If you're going to be hopeful, you got to be, uh, you know, hopeful about Braylon. Um, and, and probably more talent, which, you know, kind of, you know, just, just behind Alzali, you know, as far as development goes. Um, but, you know, if you do need a starter and he's pitching his ass off, you know, even it'd probably be in Tennessee. Right. So if he's pitching his ass off at double A, they might move him up. And I, I think we'll, you know, who knows what's happening with the Cubs season. But if they need some help, you know, either down the stretch and you're in a pennant race, um, you know, you might see him up, you know, at least pitching some innings out of the bullpen at the end of the year. But hopefully he stays healthy. But I'm excited about him. Sixty eight. Um, and this guy, uh, the next guy, Brennan Davis, who got hurt. Remember when he got hit in the hand, uh, by yep. a pitch, um, he comes in at 78 and I don't know. It just seems like a really talented ball player. You know, he had a, um, he, he was only at South bend. Uh, so, but he had 160 WRC plus. Wow. So that's really fucking good. So you're kind of like, I just want to give everybody a little hope. Um, you never know with these guys. 
you know, how as they how they develop as they come through. But when you have Pitch Lab and Hit Lab, then um, you know, you can only have hope. And then uh Miguel Amaya, uh he is now ninety five. He missed that he just missed out, uh, I guess, last year. Um but uh, now he, uh, Miguel Amaya, who is on the 40-man roster now, it, um, he just breaks through. So, I mean, I guess it's for, better him not being in it. For Cub fans, you know, it's been a few years. The last time they had four players in the top 100 was in 2016. So that was when you had Hap at 21, uh, Eloy at 23, Almora at 82, and Dylan Cease at 98. So, you know, it's one of those things where we've been kind of just looking around since, you, you know, you you, get, you traded away a lot of the talent that was in there. It was Eloy and Dylan Cease and uh, Glabar and all that. It's nice to see names that you can get excited about again. Well, and the last time we really had a good time with these teams, you know, 15, Schwarber came up and never left. 16, uh, Contreras came up and never left. I mean... Those were, uh, you know, those, it was just exciting to see those guys get just like a little chance and then not be able to be sent back down. Wasn't uh, Javi Baez 2014 in Colorado, right? He made, made his debut in Colorado? Yeah. And and that was just kind of a lost season where they just wanted to get him worked. Did somebody in Right. That was a little bit different. And he didn't, he didn't necessarily play well. They just let him uh, go. And then in the off season, he got better. Yeah, because he he was a you know I mean super free swinger, you know he really has changed his game. We he watched had, him. Yeah, he had like a forty percent like strikeout strikeout rate. Oh, yeah. Rate. yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty rough. But he, but one of the longest home runs I've ever seen down at spring training. I know the air is thinner down there, especially at night. And uh, actually, I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> what am I a fucking weatherman? But <laughs> so anyway, this fucking ball in they were playing in Peoria at the uh, Mariner Stadium, and it went, there was a, a big wall behind the berm, and it went over that. <laughs> so it just was like, I've, I, I mean, honestly, like just, you know, I see a lot of baseball games, and to have a spring training home run be one of the most memorable ones I've ever seen is something. Right. He crushed the shit out of that. Um. So anyway, a little bit of hope. You got four guys, and, um, you know, they're not, the problem is, with the exception of Horner, none of them are, are, are going to be ready for even a couple years. And you're not going to see – I don't think you're going to see Miguel Amaya on this team this year. I mean, he only played in single A last year. But you never know. But this isn't a guy that's going to um, wow you with his bat anyway, Amaya. You know, he's yeah. that's not really his his game. I mean, he's got a little pop, you know, he 11 12 home runs but you know a a a a plus ball you know and uh you know it i mean last year he struck out 69 times nice yeah. oh wait is it nice <laughs> yeah no 410 plate appearances so oh it's mm, all right not bad yeah um yeah we'll we'll, we'll take that there's the, a lot of guys that strike out a lot more than that well i mean he's in, he he walks a lot so that's kind of interesting part of his game you know he's got you know 235 batting average 351 obp in myrtle beach okay so when nico horner washes out because the pressure destroys his fucking game for being the leadoff hitter we'll bring him in with his yeah with his single a prowess <laughs> Because he can he can take walks and he doesn't strike out a yeah. lot. I mean that's what you want. No, but honestly, we're getting to the point. Like you look at Miguel Amaya's picture in here. For I mean, I think the kid's got braces still. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
you know, 61185. Like, uh, let's beef up a little bit here, son. So, uh, hit the weight room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, 61, I mean, that's, that's pretty skinny kid. So, uh, anyway, that's exciting. But even more exciting is Steven Souza is a cub. He is a cub. And he's, we don't even know if he's going to make the team or pass his physical. Because we don't even know he's a cub yet, actually. So let's not get too excited because he does need to pass a physical. And uh, last year he had season-ending surgery to repair an ACL tear, LCL tear, partial PCL tear, and a posterior lateral capsule tear in his left knee. I don't know what any of that means, but it sounds fucking bad. It means his leg blew up. (laughs) And did you happen to watch the play and how it happened? No. All right, real quick. All right, I'll wait. I'll wait. Everybody, oh, you want me to? No, oh, no, I'm not gonna watch it. All right. Well, then, let me describe it to you because I it, hate. Oh, watching people's like getting injured. Um, okay, turns my stomach. Remember back in the '80s when Joe Theismann's ankle waved in the oh. wind? All right. Well, it's nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> so, good. All right. So, all right. Here's what happened. So, fucking uh, Souza standing out there on second. Guy gets a hit. Sousa's going to score from second. He's going to come in standing. There's not going to be a play. He just fucking he hits home plate, kind of stumbles, and his fucking leg blew up. Oh, it was it was like it looked like nothing, and then just and then all of a sudden he's fucking on the ground, writhing in pain. So in other words, yeah, those are the weirdest ones. In other words, it was already. I bet you was already on its way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you you're already unstable, and you already had a problem, and then you hit it weird, and I don't know. It just he it just looked like he slipped a little bit. But to have all that damage done, I'm thinking some of it was from before. So here's the thing about Souza is that he was one of the uh, Rays top prospects. And the problem is, is the guy has never been able to stay healthy. He finished uh, third for rookie of the year voting in 2015. But the thing is, is that in, he's been on the career, his career six years, uh, six years old. He's had seven trips to the injury list. He's only played 471 games. Yeah. I, he had a pec injury, right pec injury in 2018. Uh, then he had back problems. <laughs> Um, so we all know, you know, we've talked about back issues on this show with Anthony Rizzo. And we're like, oh, once your back's fucked, it's just fucked. So, you know, but anyway, he's he was uh, he tweeted out some uh, it was in November and December. He tweeted out uh, and Brett Taylor at Bleacher Nation posted it. Uh, he's like, finally back out running at 100 percent in Arizona. Let's go. God is good. And it's just like. A video of him running. So I get you set it up with his little selfie stick or something, and then it's just him running. And you know, I, you know, I don't know what, really what I'm looking at, but it didn't look good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it just kind of looked like he had a fucking load in his pants to me. <laughs> so I, I don't know how I feel about it. And then he, and then he posted another video of him running bases this time, but this time in the cold. The other time was in Arizona, and I was in the Northwest. And he's like, it's where the grinders live. So he's out there about to slip on ice in the Northwest and uh, <laughs> running around. This guy's accident prone. And then, um, you know, and then he posted another video of him hitting. And, uh, and he, do you know what hashtag 4TK means? 
I do no. not know. For, for the, the kids? For the kids? For the for the <laughs> for the KKK? Yeah, oh, I hope God, not. I hope not. But uh, he's like, 2020, you better be ready f- uh, for the kid, maybe? I don't know, for the kid. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he's up there hitting. And, you know, it's like a side view. And, you know, he looks good. He looks like a big guy, you know, and, I, and he's got a quick swing. And, you know, he, I, and you can't see where the ball's going. So I'm not like, oh, that's gone. You know what I mean? So um, anyway, and he does have power. Like he has had power. He had 30 home runs one year. And uh, but anyway, I don't know who the fuck is pitching it to fucking Souza. But the dude's like bouncing him in there. Like Susan's just up there taking pitch after pitch. And I'm like, this is the video you post? I'm like, what is happening in this thing? Like it just all seemed like bad choices. But in, in the projections are meh. Uh, it's, you know, 230 batting average. Um, you know, as I said, 30 dogs. I mean, we don't know how much money he'd make, but it puts you further over the luxury tax. I don't know why this is the move you make. Now you've got basically two Al. Not well. I mean, he's got more pop than Al Mora. I mean, maybe you got another Schwarberish kind of player. I don't know what his defense is. Do you know? Defense is okay. I mean, if you can get a Schwarber type player, I mean, we'll we'll take that at this point. I just. Uh, you know, it's just not anything that's going to get the fan base excited during the off season. It just isn't. Nah, no. I mean, it, and it has been all kind of reclamation deals. I mean, this guy obviously has the talent. He knows how to hit. You know, thirty home runs. Other years, uh, seventeen home runs, sixteen home runs. He's got the pop. Um, you know, uh, he had a decent OBP too in twenty seventeen. That was really the only year he was healthy the whole year. I think, it, uh, unless they just didn't play him much. Uh, now, we knew him from uh, playing a little bit in Arizona. That's because that's when we learned about him, because that's when we started making fun of his name, right? Oh, yeah. Because I, I don't really clock too much of the Rays. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. No, nobody's excited. In fact, I'm more excited about the top four prospects or, or four prospects in the top 100, in a way. Well, that, that's... That's the thing that kind of comes back to here is, is that we're now, you know, almost in February and we finally got a major league deal and that's what you got. Well, and he did, he made uh, $4 million, uh, you know, with the Diamondbacks last year. So I would be surprised if it's that much, right? Oh, yeah. I don't think it's I mean, he, that, you know, they gave him that money after he hit the Diamondbacks gave him that money after he hit 30 home runs with the Rays the year before and had a great year they paid him 4 million bucks which for that kind of production 350 OBP and 30 home runs that's a great deal 4 million bucks so why the Cubs not fucking get him he never would have blown out his knee then right uh, revisionist he, history he would still have two knees yeah <laughs> well now he's got like eight knees because yeah. he had to get eight different ligaments from eight different dead bodies to fix his knees. So, well, uh, he's out there grinding, running around, taking videos. (laughs) I don't know who's pitching to him, but he needs a better guy. Um, So nobody's excited. You guys seem like you don't want to talk about Steven Sousa anymore. Am I I feeling that uh, right? I don't know anything about him, really. I mean, you see him a couple times, but yeah, like Crawley said, He's injured a lot. And well, we, well, we should mention he plays the outfield. So, it, you know, the repercussions of that seem weird. You know, they say well, it's a major league contract. Now, I guess you could always offer him nothing and then just, like, release him. But, you, you know. 
Well, yeah, but what's the point? Almora, Hap, Schwarber, Hayward are already out there. And then you had this guy. So you got five outfields. You got 26-man roster, so maybe you got a room, room for it. But you use this guy instead? Well, you, when you look at last year, you know, you had, uh, you, I mean, basically he's kind of taking Castellanos' spot. Yeah, except Castellanos, I believe, had two knees. <laughs> <laughs> right. A little, little different. He didn't blow them out, yeah. I mean, two, you know, two knees, like 12 homers. Yeah. It was, he did really uh, much better than we can expect from Sousa, I think. Yeah, I mean,. It, the guy had a good year in 2017. I mean, you know, you never know what the makeup of a dude like this, you know. I mean, it, you know, it, it, grinding. It, I mean, they're all like this, right? I mean, they're all out there grinding. But, like, this guy, you know, he's trying to get back. You know, a lot of people, after blowing out their knee in that way, you know, it 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 would maybe be really difficult to, to kind of even get back into the swing of things. You know, it's... It, I mean, that's a terrible injury. I mean, that was – he blew out his knee. I mean, that that's every single part of your knee got fucked up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, in a weird way. But anyway, yeah, we can stop talking about Steven Sousa. I, and it's, I think you're actually more excited so you can do your John Philip Sousa stuff and, and, and play the tunes. I, sh- I should do, uh, do like a, a Sousa parody. And just like make up all new lyrics to an instrumental of John Philip Sousa. <laughs> and I could probably sell it because Sousa's got to be in public domain at this point. So, Oh, I, yeah, you'd think. But it's, it is a weird move in my estimation, you know, just because you're just adding kind of another mix. Where is he going to play? He's a right fielder. But Hayward plays right field. So then you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess Hayward's going to center. And you're like, oh, well, that's where Almora and maybe Hap was gonna, were going to play play because Schwarber is a kind of a fixture out and left as long as you got him so the whole thing kind of that makes no sense to me unless a, they have a deal coming up that they're going to get rid of one or two of those guys yeah and I would and I guess maybe that's what I'm wondering is is that a preface that they're going to go they can get something for one or two of those guys and uh you know maybe shore up the bullpen a little bit maybe you know I don't know, a third catcher would be nice, you know, a little veteran action back there or something. Um, but, um, yeah, it just seems like, okay, well, a little too – not too many outfielders. Like some teams carry five, I guess, you know, as long as they have some other skill. Um, but, I don't know, just feels like a weird weird move. I, I could see it prefacing something else, and obviously we're not privy to what might it, it be, but – I don't know. Doesn't seem like there's going to be an odd man out here. Um, I, I, what about the possibility of less playing time for Jason Hayward? I mean, he kind of was all right last year. Right. But what if he kind of didn't, if he didn't, well, if you look at his numbers, he struggled in lead off and he struggled against lefties as, as <laughs> normal. If, if you have a guy like Sousa to kind of go against some of the lefties. Yeah. Yeah, I, that that is true. I mean, but so you got a twenty-seven million dollar platoon fucking defense late inning replacement guy. What? I'm and just asking you: Does the money in the years matter anymore? Yeah, we're we're no, at that yeah, right. yeah. point where where it really at this point it doesn't matter. Let's 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 get the most out of Jason Hayward. What will make Jason Hayward the most successful? Should we be having this conversation about a guy that's making more than anyone else in the team? Probably not. But that's where we are. Yeah, you just have to accept it and move on. Um, for a bunch more years. <laughs> we'll be moving on. 
through what? Uh, how long has he signed for? I'd stopped thinking about it because I it always made me sad. Couple twenty twenty three. Oh, wow. Um, so, uh, but he, he had a three forty three OBP last year. He was a ninety eight OPS plus. So that's you know just below an average player for you know what it, what he does. So. Yeah, you might be right, you know. Maybe that's the move, but, you know, it just seems like a shame that that's the move. Like, oh, what are you going to do this offseason? Oh, let's start, let's platoon Hayward. <laughs> you know, like, woof. Uh, former Cub news. How about uh, Brandon Kinsler going to the Marlins? Um, he was probably our best, like, middle relief guy last year. But one year, $3 million, which is less than he made for the Cubs. So I can't – we can't get shit like that done. But we can get – which maybe, who knows? Like, you know, relievers are bad every other year. So I bet you Kinsler sucks next year. So maybe it's a good thing. But he was well, great the, for us. The Marlins, uh, the Marlins were actually doing a little bit of fishing for some Cubs. They were – between Kinsler and uh, Pedro Strope, they were looking at both of them. And they decided to go with Kinsler. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Kissler had a solid year, 268 run run average, uh, 57 innings pitched, 1.02 whip. But for $3 million, I mean, you know, that's kind of a bargain for that kind of production if you can get that out. If the Marlins can get that out of him again, it's a real shame that the Cubs didn't, you know, he's already familiar with the team. You know, he's already familiar with Wrigley. He knows how to pitch there. He had a great year last year. It's a shame that they couldn't come up with $3 million for this, especially if they end up paying Sousa $3 bucks. Pardon the interruption, but you're not a Patreon subscriber. So you got to listen to an ad for mybookie.ag, and I'm right here on the sports book. Cubs have dropped in um, their quest for World Series uh, dominance because here at mybookie.ag, where you should use promo code chair when you sign up because uh, they, they double your deposit. Um, well, the Cubs are now plus 2,400, so you could actually win a lot of money. But guess what? They're right, uh, twenty plus twenty four hundred. That's the exact same as the Phillies, who got Bryce Harper paying him a lot of money. That's the same as the Indians, who the Cubs beat in the World Series, and it's also unfortunately the same as the, the Rays. <laughs> New York Yankees and Dodgers are way up there. Astros still up there, even though they don't bang garbage cans anymore, ostensibly. But go to mybookie.ag and uh, sign up today. Uh, use promo code chair. They double your deposit. Uh, that's the ad. And the only reason you're hearing it uh, is because you're not a Patreon subscriber. Please go to patreon.com slash sunranto. Give us a dollar a month, $3 a month, $5 a month, and we will keep, uh, well, content. We've got content for you. And uh, it's much better than doing stupid ads for mybookie.ag where you will absolutely lose money. I mean, win money. Just if you like to bet, go there. If you like us, well, just give us a dollar with your winnings from mybookie.ag. All right, back to the show. Yeah, it's uh, he he struggled. He came from Washington, and 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 they kind of I think it was Davey Martinez threw him under the bus on something, and and yeah, the, the Cubs kind of got him on the cheap, you know, kind of got him, you know. He was a pretty decent reliever, but he struggled when he first came to Wrigley. I think they said he was uh, talking shit like uh, a snitch. They said he was snitching on people in the clubhouse snitch. Clubhouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of had a little rocky start, and then you know, 2018 wasn't good for him. But 2019, he was one of the best relievers coming out of the Cubs pen. I don't want to say best, but more most reliable. 
Well, and that Marlins ballpark is a big ballpark, too, so you can make some mistakes. Oh, but they're – aren't they bringing in the fences a little bit there? Yeah, they did some work. I don't know precisely. I guess we'll find out when we play the Marlins. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be all the talk, telling us about how far in the fences. But Yeah, yeah. J.D. Well, and- historically, it's been what you would consider a good ballpark for pitchers. Yeah, that, that you know, I I I went to Miami a couple of years. It was opening day, wasn't it? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. And, and Ian Happ started started off the game with that leadoff that, oh, home that run. Oh, that was so exciting! Yeah, the rest of the season didn't go well for him. But you yeah, know, he was, was going to be our leadoff hitter and hit home <laughs> runs every pitch. It was nice while it lasted, but yeah, it's a it's a weird ballpark. The Cubs really struggle there all the time, and and balls just kind of die for no reason. That day they had the roof open, if I remember correctly, and uh, balls were kind of moving out pretty good that day. But in general, the Cubs have really struggled there, and and you see a lot of balls that you think would absolutely be crushed at like Wrigley, and they just like are go for easy outs in Miami. Yeah, the Cubs put up big runs in that game. What do they score, like 10 or 11 or something like that? But the Marlins also scored a bunch of runs, too. I remember there being like 17 runs in that game or something. Yeah, like it was, Lester was starting and uh, got, Urias was starting for the Marlins. And, yeah, they were both knocked out early. Yeah. Uh, opening day yips. So um, so that's a that's a shame. We lost him. It, it looks like we're going to lose Strope, too, as long as we're talking about that. Um, you know, Strope was uh, – yeah, they were saying – Maybe the Rangers now? Yeah, Rangers Rangers possibly for Stropey and then possibly also for Castellanos if the Reds thing doesn't work out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, either way, it looks like we've seen the last of Pedro Strope in a Cubs uniform, which, you know, it's kind of a shame. You know, I'd, I would you say that, I mean, he was one of the best relievers in Cubs history, but last year, ever since really he hurt his knee? Um, you know, in that day in in DC with all the the rain. Oh, his hamstring. Yeah. Oh, his hamstring. Yeah, but he also had a knee problem too for a while. But yeah, it was since the hamstring. Like I just feel like you know he lost the velocity. Uh, you know, it, I don't know. I think his best days are behind him. You know, from a baseball standpoint, you know, it might be the best move to move on from that. But I'm sad about it anyway. Yeah, he's a he's a great guy. Um, you know, he he was he was very he was looked very favorably bound by by a lot of the Latino players. They looked up to him as kind of you know he's the guy that would pull like say Javi aside if he didn't run something out or do something. One of those veteran presence that meant a lot to a lot of the players on the team. I, I'm I'm trying to cross my fingers and hope that the Cubs could maybe scrounge up a couple nickels from behind the uh, sofa cushions, but uh, I don't think he's going to get much. Um, and, and if that's the case, then I don't, you know, I don't know. Well, if Kinsler, if Kinsler with the year he had's making 3 million, you know, I mean, you know, you're talking like a million then because he was one third the pitcher that Kinsler was last year. Yeah. But, but, you you know, still over that luxury tax. Yeah. But you can't even afford Sousa. So they're getting eight, Mr. ACL, Mr. No knee. And they can't afford a $3 million bullpen, which that's what seemingly we don't know what we have in the bullpen. Maybe it's fucking fantastic, but we just don't know. We don't know what the Pitch Lab is up to right now, and it's time for another. Welcome to Pitch Lab. They all got to go to Pitch Lab. Maybe that's just it. Pedro Strope's like, I ain't going to fucking Pitch Lab. (laughs) Are you kidding me? And then then he said something like, He's not stupid. (laughs) So, um... 
anyway, that's sad. Uh, Pedro Strope gone, hats left over. Hopefully, some one of these guys will have a personality. the The one thing that I I do think about Pedro Strope it, is you don't really have too much of a veteran presence in that bullpen. It is all the youth, and there's a lot of youth. And I mean, there's a couple of guys that have been around the block and then had Tommy John and might make the team. (laughs) We're real excited about those guys, too. Let me tell you, Casey Sadler, get ready. Um, But anyway. Is is it possible that they're just going to (laughs) start taking body parts off, like combining like Souza and Sadler into one human. Yeah, just so you, that he works. Yeah, you put Souza's right leg on <laughs> yeah. a Sadler. Uh, or, or actually, Souza's arms are probably pretty good. You could just use both yeah, his he, arms. He's yeah. got good tendons in there. You know, yeah. the elbow's probably great. Make some super player. Souza's just going to be used parts for Sadler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! That's what they're doing down at Pitch Lab. It's, it's actually, right. We were, He's alive. <laughs> Just Tommy Hadovy down there in a lab coat, <laughs> fucking making incisions into guys' elbows as they're strapped to chairs. Yeah. Oh God! Well, I don't know. Maybe that is what's happening. We don't know. Um, I mean, if if uh, I mean if what was going on in Houston is happening. And these guys are banging garbage cans. The Cubs, with all their resources, seemed like they could maybe open up a uh, a surgical baseball player making lab. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Crawl, you wrote this down, I think, about yeah. the Houston cheating scandal and what Steve Ciszek said. Yeah, know. Steve Steve Ciszek, Um We all know Steve Ciszek, uh Joel Madden's favorite go-to safety blanket. Um, New White Sox. Signed, yeah, he signed with the White Sox and. Uh, the White Sox just had their convention. Cubs convention was a week ago. The, the White Sox just had their convention, and he was asked specifically about the Houston cheating scandal. And uh, according to Ciszek, uh basically the, the Cubs knew something was going on. They knew that they were stealing signs somehow, some way. And so if you go back over when they played them in 2019, the Cubs lost game one, six to five. Okay. They lose game two, nine to six. And then we get to game three with Hendricks on the mound. Apparently, maybe the signs were somewhat changed. And uh, Hendricks goes eight innings, four hits, one earned run. Ciszek closed it up the ninth inning, but uh, using different signs than the previous two games. Oh, But what pisses me off is that the Cubs went two full games and didn't change signs. <laughs> Come on. Well, maybe they didn't even uh, realize it was going on until game two. Right, but it it seems weird that they would have the exact same set of signs for two different pitchers on two different days, you know? You know, like doesn't that just seem like even if somebody did catch on? But but they they could it would have make it easier for people to catch on. Right. I I can't say that that like I said they didn't have different signs, but whatever they the Cubs may have had some sort of fake signs that were kind of being thrown to them. Okay. So you could look at it from that route too. Yeah. yeah. No, but, I mean it's Nobody was particularly surprised that the Cubs lost two of three to the Astros on the road last year, though. You know, I was surprised they won one game. In fact, like the way they played last year on the road, they sucked. Yeah. But if you've been watching what a lot of these guys have been saying lately, it, it's and I've heard this from multiple pitchers, is that they would rather face a guy with on PEDs than a guy who knows what signs are coming. 
Yeah, and I, I did see that. And then there was somebody that – I forget who it was at one of the other team fests uh, that was uh, actually kind of cried a little bit, like welled up when he was That talk- was uh, Freddie Freeman down Correct. in Atlanta. Braves Fest and uh, talking about a pitcher, and I don't remember the pitcher's name either, that uh, retired uh, after getting lit up by the Astros down in Houston. Um, and, and the guy was like, that was my best friend. And, you know, so I don't know, just like, but there are repercussions like that, you know, and if, and, um, you know, it's just, uh, cheating. Yeah, people always- lost a lot of money by, you know, just looking bad. I mean, look at you, Darvish. He could have had even more than the, uh, you know, whatever, 126. He would have been a lot higher if he had been a World Series champion. Yeah, because right. you, you see what just happened with Garrett Cole and how much he got. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, if you look at you Darvish's numbers in the N- NLCS, you know, we 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 saw him. He got a hit against the Cubs and kicked our ass. Yeah, in the 2018 NLCS. Then he goes on to Houston and and just all of a sudden got blown up a few times. And um, so you got to wonder now. And uh, you know, I I know you is wondering. He's publicly wondering what happened. Oh yeah, he's. I don't think he's wondering. <laughs> yeah, no, it, uh, yeah, no. I think he's already pissed, and because it, it, it's proven that they did it, and they he knows that they did it to him. And uh, I actually had a getting back to the beginning of our show, uh, Matt Camerer. I had, I had an idea for a, a piece of art in which you take used tweets with just in Japanese about him, like talking, you know, clapping back at people, <laughs> and then yeah. you know have that be a you Darvish piece of art with the with the uh, Asian lettering or the Japanese lettering. I, I actually had a an idea for Matt as well. I wanted to see uh, Todd Ricketts superimposed over a map of Wrigley Field garbage cans, <laughs> where he puts all the all the hot dogs. Yeah, dressed as a hot dog vendor with the, with the hot dog. With yeah, we got to get uh, Todd. I would actually, I would pay good money for that original of Todd <laughs> if, of Todd Ricketts as a hot dog vendor. Like that's just so shameful and unique. <laughs> Not that there's anything shameful about being a uh, hot dog vendor at all. In oh, fact, come I've, on, Danny. No, not nothing. They're the worst people in the world. Convicts get those jobs. <laughs> it's like worse than <laughs> worse than carnies. No, I'm no, I, no but uh, no. Todd Ricketts would think that it was shameful, so that's why I'd want to own a piece of art of, and the, that he would be ashamed by because you could tell that he was not happy um, having a you know, be the sacrificial lamb for the family back going on undercover boss, which I, I would love to get my hands on that episode. It is, it is wiped from everywhere. They oh, really? Oh yeah. I think you got to like find somebody selling the old DVDs. Like who would buy undercover boss DVDs? Like back in the day, like, <laughs> you know, you got to find that guy though. Like I, you know, if anybody can find that episode, please, I've, I look every now and again, um, can't find it. So there were a couple other moves. Uh, we, we already talked about Nick Castellanos and the free agency, but right. I, I'll tell you this much. The Reds get Akiyama. They get Castellanos. Like, you know, if they get the pitching they did last year, they're just going to win the Central, and we all have to fucking deal with it. It's going to suck. Um, But they did make some minor league deals. The Cubs did. Uh, they got Travis Lakins from the Red Sox. He's a righty. And uh, he's one of those spin rate guys, got the above average spin spin rate, uh, so he's going to pitch lab. Uh, he was a rookie with the Red Sox last year, uh, 23 and a third innings, in which he gave up 23 hits and 10 walks, 18 strikeouts, 
386 ERA. Red Sox did not have a good year last year. Wait, um, 23 innings pitched. He gave up 23 hits and, and 10 walks. Yeah. This is not yeah, a very good not- whip, right? Uh, let's see. What, do, do I have it up here? His whip. Uh, his FIP was 364. His whip was 1.414. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not great. So, um, anyway, he's he's gonna he's one of those split deals, you know. Probably ends up in the minors, but who knows? He might be our setup man. And then uh, <laughs> right. th- that you know that's added. And we Especially after about- he takes like I don't know a pinky toe and a and a finger from from Sousa's Sousa's uh, yeah. But uh, that's he's, everybody just picks a piece. Yeah. He's going to join uh, probably the Iowa Cubs with the likes of Casey Sadler, Tyler Olson, Jason Adam, Ryan Tapera, Dan Winkler, Trevor Miguel, Colin Rhea, and uh, here's somebody you heard of a little bit, Alzali. <laughs> so, uh, so those guys, you know that that's who we're looking at as far as and, and that's the other interesting thing. You got the second base, uh, who's going to be the starting second baseman for the Cubs? We're going to be looking at that in spring training. Uh, we're also going to be looking at who's going to make this bullpen, who's going to perform, what the Cubs are going to see and like, uh, you know, what the pitch lab's going to be doing, who's responding in spring training. The bullpen is going to be, I mean, basically, you're going to have Kinsler. I mean, you're going to have Kimbrel, and then you have a, a combination of all these other guys. Uh, maybe, <laughs> you know, and we just don't know how it's going to look at all. I mean, I guess the Wicks make it, right? Right. Probably. Uh, you definitely have Kyle Ryan in there. And everything else is up for grabs as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So. Um, well, I I just heard, just just in, Morrow is on flat ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. Morrow. I forgot about Morrow yet. I, I just got told. All right. <laughs> so, and then uh, one guy that probably won't be, uh, which is good, if once I tell you his numbers again, I remember discussing this a uh, couple months ago when we picked him up. I think he was a Ranger before, C.D. Pelham. He's a lefty, and he throws really, really hard, like like around 106.6, you know. Um, but he cleared waivers, so he's going to uh, – he was outrighted to Iowa, so I don't know if that means minor league camp for him or what, but – uh, but, you know, this guy, even though he throws hard, he he walked more batters than he struck out. And he had an ERA around 12 in the minors last year. So <laughs> a, a whip of 272. So, like, talk about, uh, you know, welcome to Pitch Lab. Welcome to Pitch Lab. Yeah. Maybe you can take some parts out of him. <laughs> was, yeah, maybe maybe he's just a parts player. Yeah. So, and then, uh, you know, and I did read Jordan Bastion. I don't know if you read it. He wrote an article about putting together the bullpen. And Hadavi seems to be really excited about it. So, I'm not. <laughs> but I'm glad Hadavi is. Because he's the guy that's got to do it. <laughs> Could you imagine if Hadavi was like, fuck this, man. Goddamn. They want me to put together a fucking bullpen. I got nothing. Well, that's I got your- people on flat ground. <laughs> I got parts of a player that I've never even heard of. What the fuck? <laughs> got one guy with one black leg, one white leg. He's got a Dominican arm. What am I? What are you sending me back here? So, um, anyway, I, it's it at least is interesting to talk about. So, uh, second, I, I'm I'm actually curious as to like what you know what it's going to look like because you know I mean they really did stockpile a lot of these guys and there's 
you got to hope that eventually, I mean, the Cubs have not proved that, proven themselves to be able to, A, develop pitching, but now they've changed the whole thing. Or B, um, you, you know, even recognize what a good pitcher might be. You know, a lot, a lot of things, like I said, are going to have to go right, and you're going to have to hit on some of these guys. Some of these body part guys can't just be body parts. They have to actually be able to go into a a, a situation where they're going to need to get outs, and, and that's what you're hoping for, but that it's just not guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a bunch of uh, – I mean, and, and there was a point where none of us heard of Pedro Strope either, so I keep kind of telling myself that. You know, Right, remember that, yeah. You know that, that whole thing was about Arietta. Nobody thought about Strobe yeah. until he became the best reliever in Cubs history. Yeah, so I, that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, it, and we did. I did like what I saw uh, out of you know the Wick brothers. Um, so you never know. I mean, this this is a bullpen, and I I really you know the Cubs have talent on the team as far as hitting goes. You know, it's a lot of everything has to go right, but like. You know, even if a couple of these guys can hit two of them, this is the kind of the point that Bastion was making is that, you know, if two of these guys can hit, you know, it it might not be that bad. It might actually be good is what I'm saying. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it around. It'll be it might be good. We just don't know yet. So. Again, you know, when we came out in 2016, you know, we to me the Cubs were the best team on paper. When you looked at the Yankees bullpen last year, you just knew going in that was a lockdown bullpen. Uh, with this, it's just like I said, you know, just say your prayers to the baseball gods and hope, like I said, some of these guys hit. But that's just not a not a comfortable place to be kind of walking into. Is I hope this guy does good. I hope this guy stays healthy. I hope this guy steps up. That's a lot of hopes. Yeah, no, it is a lot of hope, but it's all we got here on January twenty sixth. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was gonna say, Crawley's giving it to you. Nobody wants hope. That's not what we want. Uh, uh, that's what we got. I mean, I, I, I get, I get. That's what we got. I just like, I like going in there knowing that we got the horses for sure. Well, and here's the other thing: is that you're you're starting out with the three batter rule this year, so uh, to have a to have a bunch of unproven guys that have to face three batters, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, that, that strikes fear into me. Um, but uh, at the same time, and we're probably, we're not going to see it at the major league level this year, but there are going to be testing the robot strike zone. So you combine like spin rate and fooling a guy in the pitch lab, you know, with a robot strike zone where strikes look like balls, but are strikes. You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some trick up their sleeve. You know they're working on it. Yep, and I and I hope it works because that's, that's what we're going on. Yeah. So, uh, enough about the shitty bullpen. <laughs> Let, <laughs> let's talk about what we're going to do next year at Wrigley Field because the Cubs did re- release a, uh, a, a kind of a preliminary promotion 2020 promotional schedule. I don't know. Did you check it? I know you're a big promo guy, Crawley. Oh, yeah. So you must have checked it out, out some of this. All the bobbleheads are TBD, They're, but we know what days they will be. We know what days they are, but there's a lot of question as far as what exactly we're going to get. Um, you know, uh, the one thing that I, that kind of struck me when I took a look here is that they don't seem to have magnets anymore. I know that's, you know, some people make fun of guys, you know, like they don't, Cub fans don't like change very much, you know, and I'm looking here and there's no magnet schedule and they've had a magnet schedule 
as far back as I can remember going into the 90s. I think this list is very incomplete, so I wouldn't lose hope quite yet. I think that magnet schedules on opening day are a given, and if they aren't this year, they're going to hear about it. Yep. I'm telling you, Cup fans, you think it's something minor like, oh, who's going to miss the magnet schedules? Trust me, there's going to be plenty of pissed off Cub fans. Oh, yeah. No, I, I still have my 2016 magnet schedule and probably the only one worth keeping, really. But um, I got 2015, too, because that year was fun. But I threw away the other ones because I was like, yeah, fuck that year. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, I, go, I, I think I got them all the way going back to 2001, but I'm kind of a hoarder. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> so, um, uh, there, you- there's there's a lot of questions as far as the bobbleheads and a lot of predictions. You know, last year, you know, they went with the um, what do you do for fun in your off season? The player personality bobbleheads. Um, there are some guys on this team that haven't gotten a lot of bobbleheads. Rizzo has had the most bobbleheads out of any Cub. Uh, followed by Chris Bryant. But after that, you know, you got some guys on here that have had no bobbleheads, including, you know, is you Darvish going to get one? You know, he's one of your bigger names right there. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see if maybe Kinsler, I think would be a fun bobblehead because of the, or not Kinsler, but Kimbrell. I know it's because I of his pitching movement is the way that he kind of starts up in the windup there. I think yeah, that would be the of- only way you do that one, right? Is if you do the prey in Mantis. Oh yeah. A bobble arm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like out there, like on a, on a spring. You can right. bobble his arm. You know, everybody else pretty much has had their bobbleheads, but it, it would be fun to see that. You know, I know Bodie hasn't, uh, but but those are minor guys. Usually you try to look for bigger guys to do that. There's just not a lot on this team that hasn't already gotten them. Yep. Can they give out players from other teams? <laughs> well, they, you never you know. know maybe they-, they just go down south and they steal all the White Sox, Eloy Jimenez. <laughs> Well, how about, how about, how about there's been there's been a couple times where the players been traded before their bobblehead day, which makes for awkwardness when you get that bobblehead. So uh, <laughs> Michael Barrett in 2007, uh, was it 2007? Yeah, 2007, they gave away a Michael Barrett bobblehead and he was no longer on the team. It's embarrassing. And the last bobblehead is on September 20th. So, like, imagine that's the KB one, and he's been gone for through two months. And, he, <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, that's why it's all TBD. Yeah. They're like, we're trying to get rid of some of these players. We we can't order the bobbleheads yet. Yeah. yeah. But there's a couple that stood out to me, too. I, I, I have no idea what this means. But a, on uh, May 9th, a Craig Kimbrell grow a beard. Presented by Ganella Baking Company. Now, why a, a baking company would want to like be associated with like nasty ass beard hair is beyond me. But yeah, know, that is the weirdest thing. Is it like a chia pet? Yeah, I don't know. Or like you, you know, I I really just can't even begin to hazard a guess what a grow a beard. I mean, I they have I see grow a beard uh, kits. Yeah, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> Are they giving out like fake ZZ Top beards? Like, what exactly? I'm just yeah. I'm wondering if they're gonna give one to Tommy Hadovy because he looks like he's 12. <laughs> yeah, he does. The whole bullpen needs to wear really. <laughs> maybe Be maybe on. there's like a new market for hair plugs in guys' chins. Yeah, <laughs> they should. <laughs> they should have a Ryan Sandberg grow a hair, <laughs> <laughs> grow a beard. Ryan Sandberg grow a beard. Um, I'm it, interested in the uh, 3D drink uh, coaster presented by Jim Beam. Jim Beam's had a lot of stuff the last few years. Like uh, I'm more interested in the 2D drink coaster. Yeah, what the fuck is a 3D <laughs> drink? Aren't they all 3D? I mean, everything I'm looking at right now is 3D. The speaker, the microphone. You can't stick a beer in a, in a 2D coaster. No. So. 
it's it's a dimension thing. <laughs> so, and then the other one I kind of liked was the '84 replica jersey on July 5th. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got that one circled too. That, yep, that, uh, that's a good one. You know, those I, I have I got all the replica jerseys. They're pretty sweet. You know, I mean, they're not they're not super fancy, but they're they're fun to wear. And I, I um, the thing I like this year is that usually they always do the replica jersey back to back with a bobblehead, which is a pain in the ass for a guy like me because then I got to go twice, two days in a row, and I don't live as close as Danny does, so I got to kind of. You know, sometimes I'll stay down in the city or not, but this year they haven't done that. They didn't uh, put that up against anything just yet. Not yet, but I, I this this list is incomplete. And uh, also, the other one I like is the Cubs cowboy hat by Jim Beam. But see, they totally missed out. They should have done that when Lackey was still on the team. Oh yeah, and with Lackey giving out uh, haircuts pregame. So like, I dude, I would so go get my hair trimmed by Lackey. Like, can you imagine what that would look like? So I'm like, like, how did you give me even more of a mullet? Did you just shave a, your smile into the back of my head? Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, it's that's that's coming. I'm I'm excited. Like things are starting to unfold. It's it's almost February. I'm going to be at a baseball game next week. I'm going to be at the uh, Caribbean World Series in Puerto Rico. I leave tomorrow morning. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to be at a ball game, and that's fun. Be, yeah, and there's going to be major league players probably playing. So it's gonna it's a it's going to be a, hopefully a great series. I don't know who's going to play in it yet. So I, I think that's to be determined still. But and it'll be nice to get out of this cold. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of fucking done. I I went to the doctor and they told me I have vitamin D deficiency. I was like, oh, so I live in Chicago in the winter. So I pretty much understand no sun. Um. So Ben Zobris, I do I did want to bring this up because it was people made a lot of it on on Twitter. What what a great guy! We met him last year, Crawley, and it was right. He came out to Club Four Hundred, pretty much the day before the whole divorce Juliana thing broke. Correct. And instead of letting down the people at Club Four Hundred, he showed up and he took pictures with fans. Like his life was falling apart. And none of us would have known. Nope. Um, you know, and people don't realize, you know, Club 400, you know, we put a lot of pictures up. We're partying. We're having a good time. But we also there's also a lot of charitable work that goes along with it. And uh, the, the Ben Zobrist event was for a police officer who was killed in the line of duty. So his, his widow and, and, and the children that he left behind, they kind of what, what, what happens at Club 400 is they will have some private time with the players to, you know, kind of cheer them up and this and that. And, and nobody would have faulted Ben Zober if, if he didn't show up, uh, considering, like Danny said, his life was really kind of just really in a bad place at that time. And, you know, he honored his commitment. He, nobody knew anything was going on, really. It was later on we kind of pieced a couple things together because we were going to, when he was coming out, they were going to play uh, the Benny and the Jets by Juliana, and he kind of gave the cut sign, like, yeah, I don't want to hear that right now. But other than that, uh, it was uh, he was he was an absolute wonderful to all the fans that came out to see him. Now, Bricks and Ivy Sports, it's a it's a great, great, great store. It's run by a good guy named Bob Brown, and it's in uh, Hoopston, Illinois. It's it's this little little tiny town uh, northeast of Champaign, so it's about a three hour drive away. And so it, it's a great store, and, and there was going to his and Ben's was supposed to be there on Saturday. It was when he was scheduled to be there. And of course, it decided to snow really badly Friday night into Saturday, and so uh, Ben Zobris's flight got canceled out of Nashville. 
out of Nashville, and he drove the seven hours to, from Nashville all the way to Hoopston. And, uh, you know, it just, and it was, and, and not only that, he stayed an hour longer than he was contracted to because there were so many fans that were kind of coming late because they're driving in from Chicago and the roads were crap. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, you know, w- according to Bob and what Bob put on his Facebook stuff, it's just, just, uh, what an amazing human being he is. You know, I mean, you know, I know we like to tease, you know, certain situations and stuff like that, but I just, if you remember, if you were listening to the podcast and my run-ins with Albert Elmore at CubsCon, you know, this is what, this is what a great player does and how they treat their fans. And, and that's just what an MVP is. You know, this is a world series MVP many years in the league and he still treats everybody like, like they are, you know, you know, how you would expect, how you'd want your favorite players to treat you. Yeah. With respect. And, and and not being like uh you know high and mighty mighty and holier than now, and I mean for Albert Almore to be an asshole and be bad at baseball, you're like come on, bro. Right, and and then here's the World Series MVP driving seven hours to again go to this tiny little shop. You know nobody would have argued if the weather was bad and he couldn't fly in. I mean that's understandable. That's what happens in the winter time. He didn't have to go that extra you know literally seven hour drive. He didn't have to do that, but he did it. Yeah, well, I wonder where Juliana Zobrist was, and he's like still in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, that's why he was like, "Nope, nope I'm not missing this." Yeah, this flight is taken off no matter what, even if it's in a car. <laughs> I'm like, I am getting the fuck out of here. I'm just wondering if that's what it was because she might. And I was shitting on myself. She might have been shitting. So on don't shit on me. We don't know what he was trying to escape. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was. I saw that video of him with that little disabled boy. Is disabled the right thing to say still? I don't. Don't even try. Don't even worry about it because Carl, there's Carl, Carl, somebody will get on your case. Do you know? I have no idea, man. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the the little boy is was named Lucky. And I thought, I'm like, that's a funny name for a kid. Oh, my God. So, so your name, like, it it yeah. can't be his real name. I mean, they're just calling him Lucky. And that's what his name was. And really? Lucky. I don't know if it's real. I mean, we, there's no way to look this up, I don't think, <laughs> because the kid does not have a, a IMDB or a baseball reference page. But uh, but I, I thought it was so sweet to see uh, to see him with that little boy. And like, you know, it's, and it's hard to get to a guy like me, you know what I mean, to make me feel like anything. <laughs> really. <laughs> uh, and But, uh, you know, to see him with that little boy and how generous he was and asking, you know, you know. Uh, you know uh, what his name was and, and the little boy had a Ben Zobris jersey and like he had driven seven hours and he's still like taking all this time like I'm like damn it uh, you know I, if uh, I I feel bad that you know last year got so screwed up for him and I don't know I don't know if he's gonna play or not you know I, I don't doesn't seem like he is gonna yeah, I think I think the sentiment for a lot of Cubs fans is if this guy is not going to be playing baseball, then Theo should really give him the David Ross treatment where you open up where where you pay him, you know, to be part of the organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And one of the things we you know, that was so bad about everything that happened last year, there was no like they couldn't do any like final year, or, you know, a retirement party as they go around i feel like ben zobras could get one of those like a season of people paying him uh respect i mean world series in kc and a lot of time with the rays and the cubs like 
Yeah, I mean, he might need a gap year right now. You know, first, uh, you know, maybe next year it would happen, but, you know. Well, no, I was saying if he was playing. As as a player, so like with Canerico or with Jeter, where they like like the Cubs always give the number from the scoreboard, something to honor the person at each of the ballparks that they go to. Yeah, Yeah, he's probably well enough regarded that they would do stuff like that, at least in a few places. I think I would think so. Yeah, and it, that's why it's a shame. I mean, he did get to well, strike out Yadier Molina, which was freaking epic. But <laughs> which is honestly one of the best ways to end your career ever. Yeah, you might want to just end it that like that. But it wasn't. But it wasn't what it, he deserved. And for such I mean, a look great what guy. they did for David Ross when he was leaving. Well, yeah, he got carried off on the, on the shoulders of the team <laughs> after winning the World Series. That yeah. was way better. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of feel like you know Ben Zobris is deserving of some of that from the Cubs for sure. And I and I think I've told this I've told this story before, but it was a couple of years ago, two years ago, not this last Cubs con, but the previous one. I was in line uh, to get a Zobrist autograph. I had the voucher, and uh, there was an elderly lady with Parkinson's, you know, trembling really bad and stuff like that. And she went up to the, you know, when you go to Cubs con, they stop you, they take your voucher, you go up the stairs, and you know, you get your autograph. Somebody, one of the workers, takes your camera, takes a picture, and then you kind of move on. And this lady asked Ben if she would pray with him. And, and, you know, like, you know, the guys that are there, the, the, the security that kind of works there, just kind of make sure that nobody kind of like goes crazy. And you got to kind of keep the line moving because these guys have other commitments. They're doing other, you know, they're at different panels and stuff like that. And the guy was kind of, you know, the Cubs worker was kind of trying to be like, man, we got to kind of keep the line moving. And Ben was like, no, I'm going to, you know, it's okay. I can pray with her. And he, he did. And it was like, I'm not a religious guy or anything, but it was just really moving to see him take the time to really kind of care, you know? Yeah, no, he's he's a freaking class act, and um, I I really do hope he ends up back with the organization in some respects. You know, I I I really would be surprised if he played next year. I I just think it might be over. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of feel that he may think that he has one more year, and like Mike was saying, you know, it just wasn't the greatest way to go out. You know, and if there's a way, you know, I'm I'm sure Joe Mann would love to have him in Anaheim if the Cubs can't afford him. And I'm sure there's a lot of teams that would, you know, you know, he was he was rusty when he came back, but he still was able to kind of give you good at bats, professional at bats. Oh, absolutely. God, we were missing them so badly. And then he came back and started doing them again. I was like, oh, my God, sight for sore eyes when you take like his walks excited me last year i was like oh my god that was like an eight pitch walk this is fucking awesome because we hadn't seen it all year oh man yeah it really does feel like that if he came back though he'd you know that would maybe be a deal with the angels and being with madden again because he's kind of been his guy yeah on the rays and uh, yeah so uh not to bring everybody down even further although but that's a heartwarming ben zobra story um uh, but uh, I, d- I did want to say that w- there was uh, some unfortunate action on the Mike Leonard condolences jersey page this week um, that uh, one of our Patreon supporters, longtime listener of the podcast, and he, you know, he supports just about everything the Sunranto show ever does every time we sell a hat or a shirt for charity or something. Kyle Pafluger. I think I'm saying, is it fluke? I can't say it without laughing. I'm saying his, his, oh man. Well, Kyle's dad. You're the worst. I know. I'm really suck. But, but, uh, you know, I'm really sorry. uh, But Kyle's dad died. So we're, we're getting him. uh, I I changed it to Jersey because I had this idea because, you know, these jerseys are like now the new ones, they're the Nike ones are like 500 bucks. You can get the old ones. Yeah, that one's. Yeah, it's it's That's just rough. but I think a jersey is a nice thing and then and all of you 
out there, I just want to say thank you that give to this. I raised like 200 bucks in like an hour. You know, and then and I said, everybody, please stop sending money. And they're like, nope, I'm going to keep sending money. So then it was just like, so then I, so I had this idea. I was like, well, okay, well, let's get a jersey and we're going to put like, uh, I think it was 54, which is maybe the year his dad was born and uh, pops on the jersey. And then um, we're going to give uh, the other half of the money to, uh, to a charity, JDRF, because his dad was a lifelong diabetic. Because I think it's bad luck to keep money in the fucking condolence jersey. Like, let's just give it to let's to whoever we're giving the jersey to. Hey, what charity you want us to do? We'll do the rest of the money that way. But thank you so much for contributing. I think it means a lot to people. I know it meant a lot to Kyle, who I reached out to. And, um, you know, RIP, you know. Hopefully the healing can begin now. And the other bad news, uh, and we're going to uh, also buy, I already bought it actually, uh, Tony Tharp, who was a listener. I don't know if he listened to this show a lot, but I knew Tony. And um, anyway, he uh, basically died of depression and uh, uh-huh. it's very sad. He was uh, involved in the IVNV Sunranto weight loss competitions and stuff like that. He had lost yeah. a bunch of weight and like we hung out at a couple different events. Um really nice guy, but obviously something terrible was going on with him and so um rest in peace Tony, but we're buying his uh nephew Dayton a uh, one of the it's a, they don't have any available anymore, but remember the little league jerseys? Oh yeah. It said Tony for Anthony Rizzo. So I, I did find a Chinese knockoff. So I sent him that. Hopefully it's doesn't say on toy or something bad, <laughs> like, you know, but, uh, you know, either way we, we bought that for him and, um, we're also going to give, uh, another portion of that money that was, we raised the other day to uh, suicide prevention. Uh, somebody suggested the Trevor project, uh, which helps uh, prevent suicides for gay and lesbian teens, helps house them when they've been kicked out of their homes, which is an all-too-common story. So um, anyway, uh, thank you. Uh, to me, it's like it's church. You know, baseball's church, I know, to the three of us in many respects. And, uh, you know, you guys just by participating and being, you know, it's just so kind of generous is just, you know, yeah. Fucking makes me feel good. <laughs> it makes yeah. me feel good to be a part of something so wonderful. So thank you. And um, also, I mean, we are also uh, remembering Ernie Banks this week. It's been five years. Hard to believe that. Yeah, I know. Five years. God. So, you I mean, know, uh, it was, that was a that was a really tough day. And uh, when when Ernie passed away and for people that haven't been, um, you know, he's resting over at Graceland Cemetery off Irving Park. And it's really just a beautiful, uh, beautiful, uh, it's amazing cemetery. I used to live right north of it and now I just live right east of it. But uh, it's it, it's definitely where if you're in town for the ball game and you have time to walk around that cemetery, it's very old and um, peaceful and kind of. I don't know. Yeah, Ernie Be- passed beautiful. 2015 and 16, and they had like a little marker for him there. And then the Ricketts, you know, if we're going to criticize them when they don't do the, the right thing, you know, we got to tip our hat when they do do the right thing. And that they did replace Ernie's uh, grave with a very beautiful uh, stone. It's, it's really amazing if you take a look at it. You know, they did I, a beautiful uh, grave site. Yeah, and it, it, that's a beautiful cemetery too. So just like, you know – Go check it out, but it's hard to believe. Yeah, if you even take the tour there, there's a lot of luminaries, a lot of Chicago history there. Yeah. Yeah, so 
Well, I guess uh, let's end on a, a really depressing note and not, and not do TFCs. <laughs> let's just end with death. No, let's not. Do uh, you guys got TFCs? Please. Yeah, I have one. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I, got, I got one, too. But, okay. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, this one starts off tweet from uh, great ball player Lenny Dykstra. Oh, all, right. all caps. Guess who's just a few hours away from going 20 months without getting arrested? <laughs> that That's his tweet. And uh, Chuck at Ivy Chat says 99.99% of the population. <laughs> <laughs> and that just, uh, just caught my eye. Maybe crack up. That's good. You got one, Crawley? Yeah, um, you know, th- this is actually kind of this. There was a <laughs> we were trying to figure out how we were going to get Sammy Sosa to Club Four Hundred, and uh, you know, uh, we were we were Danny was coming up with uh, maybe some song ideas, some hashtags, and so I think you said uh, "Baby Come Back." You were going to do to the tune of "Sammy Come Back." Sammy Come Back. Yeah, I was going to do "Benny Come Back," and I never did it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, Danny writes, I could write a baby comeback parody. And then I replied at Doug Glanville would like that one. He may even sing backup vocals. Now, the reason I tagged Doug Glanville is because he's a huge Hall and Oates fan. And for some reason, I thought baby comeback was a Hall and Oates song. Yeah. And so Danny replies, Doug would rather it be, you know, say it isn't so by Hall and Oates. So I thought I, I, I totally screwed up. So I said, man. How did I get my Hall and Oates songs mixed up and tag Gl- Doug Glanville? At which point, Doug Glanville basically says, "Everyone is entitled to a few Hall and Oates passes. No worries." So TFC, I guess, to me or Doug Glanville, I'm not even sure on that one. <laughs> you, you, definitely you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, I mean, nobody's really gonna fault you that much, Crawley, for not knowing all your. T- I mean, Doug wasn't mad, and Doug's the biggest uh, Hall and Oates fan on the planet. I didn't realize that it was sung by a band called Player. Yeah, well, I didn't either until I looked it up. So, <laughs> um, and I, I can, I maybe I could name three Hollow Notes songs too, like off the top of my head. Otherwise, I'd have to look up. You know. I, oh, you know what? I hope I hope there's people in their cars right now listening to this going, "No shit, that's not Hollow Notes." I'm telling you, man, <laughs> I, I, I I I would have bet the farm on Hollow Notes on that. I had no clue. I mean, it's Hall and Oates-ish for for certain. <laughs> I just figured that next time before I tag somebody like a dumbass, I'll I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've made that mistake, my friend. <laughs> so, all right. I this one I'm gonna take it. I got two actually, but I got um this one comes uh, from Juliana Zobras Instagram, which you know I love. But uh, you know, Juliana had you know posted you know one of her rambling nonsensical fucking captions to her address in the winter in Chicago, um, uh, and Raza Carlson says you are on my mind a lot. Dot dot dot, and I pray for you a lot. You are so talented and have such a way with words. <laughs> I also admire the mother you are. My concern is. That you, my concern is that you seem a little bit unhinged to me. (laughs) (laughs) You are getting a lot of attention. 
You are working with popular brand names. You are seeing and learning a lot about the world, about what the world has to offer. This scares me. <laughs> like what? You're seeing and learning, and I'm scared for you. And I want to watch my words carefully, blah, blah, blah. Well, um, then goes on to say, uh, I say this with love, da-da-da-da. And then Juliana says, please refrain from speaking on behalf of others. I I welcome respectful and engaging conversation on my page. If what you believe to be truth about me is that I am over-the-top materialistic, then what would you have me what then would you have me quit my work in fashion to appease your idea of truth to use your own words just because you have made up your own version of what is right and true about me does not make it so you have proved your own argument weak and by the way she did not use her own words <laughs> she's like to use your own words and then didn't fucking use her words um <laughs> I don't do it. I can probably stop there, but uh, you know. Anyway, this is what's going on over there, and so that's ridiculous. And unless you have another one, I'll I'll give my last one. No, I don't. I'm done. Well, this is excellent. So Evan Altman tweeted out this morning: friendly reminder that Daniel Descalso was actually pretty well relative to his role before an ankle injury. That, for some reason, didn't result in an IL stint for way too long, rendered him unplayable. Basically saying, in his Evan Altman way, that Daniel Descalso was decent before he got hurt. <laughs> so, um, Hats to the left tweeted out, tweeted back, Cubs training staff was so trash last year, the Astros tried to bang them. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. To which that's I, excellent. To which I replied a gif of Rihanna putting on a crown because that won the internet. Yeah, today. So this was kind of a death cast, but uh, you know, let's uh, let's all stay alive. So uh, so I can get to Puerto Rico, tell you all about the Caribbean World Series, and we'll talk again soon. Um, you guys have a great week, and um, I know I will. Unless there's another earthquake. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome for you. Have fun. So uh, I guess I bid you all a fine. Spigog. 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 My father and his father. Brought my baby boy to Wrigley Field For family generations In the place where we come to be healed We've screamed a million cheers And cried a million tears But we'd come back together for another hundred years Hey Grandpa, let's win it all We will someday Remember 
Billy Williams Ron Santo Fergie and Ernie Banks Ryan Sandberg Andre Dawson Harry Wood and Derek Lee, we Cub fans give you thanks. Baseball in Chicago, from Merulo to Rizzo. My great grandpa in '45 cheered on Andy Pafko. Hey, grandpa, let's win it all. We will someday professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. 
Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.